It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Sense 1899, the Ohio State Women's Basketball Podcast, the only women's basketball team-specific podcast on SB Nation. My name's Thomas Costello, and this podcast is going to talk about OSU basketball from 1899, when the first published accounts of an Ohio State Women's Basketball team showed up in publication, through today. It's the show where people connected to the program talk all things OSU Women's Basketball. On this show, Wyatt Crozier formerly of Ohio State University's student-run newspaper, The Lantern, and women's basketball beat writer on Buckeye Sports Bulletin, joins to talk about the crazy year that's been the 2022-23 Ohio State Buckeyes. Wyatt shares about his free newsletter, Hoopla, which you can find a link for in the podcast bio, what he expected of the Buckeyes this season, and he chooses his winner for conference title, tournament title, and various other player and coach-specific awards within the Big Ten. Thanks for listening. As the season progresses, look for more interviews, special guests, and coverage of the Ohio State women's basketball team on Land Grant Holy Land. Make sure you subscribe to Land Grant Holy Land on your podcast app of choice to hear more from the Buckeyes men and women's basketball teams, along with all that Buckeyes football coverage you know and love. Here's the interview with Wyatt. So Wyatt, I first got a acquainted with you last year you were on another land grant holy land podcast Bucketheads uh with connor and justin i had just joined land grant at that point i did not know anything about your writing about your coverage of ohio state women's basketball i joined at the beginning of the 21 22 season but since then i of course listened to podcast followed your uh your site hoopla which is at hoopla newsletter.substack.com 
I'll put that in the description for anybody listening. And we've also interacted a little bit on Twitter at Hoopla Wyatt. But it's nice to actually get to talk uh, to you about basketball in a different form. This is the first time we've spoken to each other. So thanks <laughs> yeah. for thanks for being here. And uh, how's your 2023 been so far? Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for having me. I always love talking women's basketball. Um, twenty twenty three has been good so far. Uh, it's been it's been fun for the conference as well. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about the Ohio State Illinois game that I, I hyped up like crazy. But um, <laughs> it's been a good good twenty twenty three. Sands the uh, the really fun national championship that was last night. <laughs> yeah, we were um, for we're recording this on a Tuesday night, the night after the championship game. And first, we originally scheduled Monday night at the kickoff and then eventually i was like oh wait hold on that's the national championship i asked you hey do you want to reschedule and you're like that's great that's fine uh, i think it was around halftime i think i messaged you and i was like we probably should have recorded <laughs> on monday night because we would have missed was, that that was bad was we would have really missed bad. the one tcu touchdown that gave me some hope that it would be interesting um and then mm. everything after that was just awful i never saw the final score did they only score seven points yeah, I think it was 65-7. <laughs> oh, my God. So the kicker did outscore TCU. Uh-huh. I stopped oh. watching at halftime, but I checked what I saw this morning. Yeah, it did oh not God. get better. I, I I think TCU stopped watching at halftime, too, is what it sounds <laughs> like. Um, well, we're here now. We're now recording the same night as the Golden Globe. So I'm going to ask you some, like, awards-based questions at the All end. Right. Yes, Ohio yeah. State basketball it's kind of where we're started, but I want to get started knowing more about just your writing journey covering Ohio State women's basketball. How did you get into covering the OSU women? Sure. So all the way back when I was in, at Ohio State, um, I was writing for the Lantern and I only covered football and men's basketball there. That's what the, like, the editors are told to do. Um, out of college, I went to Buckeye Sports Bulletin and I got mm-hmm. put on the women's basketball beat. And that year, it was the 2019-20 season at that point. Um, they were just coming off a very bad year <laughs> where I think they made the NIT and then was out immediately. It was not good. Uh, so the expectation, no. this, was, this was at their lowest. This was probably when like Kevin McGuff was maybe on at the hottest of seats at this point because it was a year, two years removed from the Kelsey Mitchell era. Um, they were trying to rebuild and I joined that team. And that was like the freshman years of JC Sheldon, of Kirsten Bell, um, that's that class, that gigantic class they brought in. Uh, and that was a really fun team. It was, there was the team that was going to make the tournament. Um, but if COVID didn't shut it down, um, and that season completely sold me. Like I liked it. I enjoyed it much more than either of the football or men's basketball that I'd covered before. Um, there's some, there's just something about the team that was just so much fun to watch. And like it was that, that more tight knit audience I really enjoyed. Um, and then I covered it again for BSB the year after. And then even when I left last season, I decided I really still wanted to cover women's basketball. And I thought the big 10 as a whole was interesting enough to cover is like a larger, as a larger subject. And that's where the, like the idea of hoopla came where once a week I would talk about that. And then um, since I'm not writing professionally anymore, I'll have another day of the week where I'll write about anything I want because <laughs> I, I like to write about tangents yeah. Um, so it felt like a, a good marriage of the two things I really like to do. Um, and I've been doing that now for a little over like a year and a couple months now. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, a July, I think. I was, yeah. Probably a year and a half. Know, yeah. <laughs> year and a half. Oh my goodness. I, I want to talk about hoopla a little bit because, uh, you mentioned big 10 women's basketball. You mentioned you throw in some other topics. You really cover, uh, 
the the spectrum of different <laughs> ideas. You you stick it into sports a lot of the time. You talked about uh, I saw you talk about baseball. I talked about football. Uh, one of them was about the difficulty of sports writing, which I think that could be another conversation altogether. Um, and then you also cover a lot of stuff like non-sports topics, which I think I enjoy those. I, I enjoy all of it, but I love when folks write about something that people don't expect them to write about. So you do stuff about music, uh, movies, really anything you want. How has it been kind of being now independent? You said you're not uh, in like a professional writing role. This is all on your own, whatever you want to write about. How has it been for the last uh, year and a half? I wasn't sure if it would feel like a burden because I'm, it's something I do for free. It's something I do because I, I like doing it, uh, but it mm -hmm. never has. I've really, really enjoyed doing it. Um, I've liked both days. Uh, I'm happy and I, I'm happy how many people have gotten on board with the Monday post, which is the women's basketball ones. I was worried that maybe because it's a more niche subject, maybe people wouldn't get on board as much, but they, those get more views than the Thursday ones. And I'm happy about that. Wow. <laughs> I'm happy. That's that the, awesome. The big Ten women's <laughs> basketball stuff has caught on a little more than just my random whatever's about everything. Um, but it's been fun because the Monday ones are much more scheduled and I have much more of a thought in my head. It's more research based. And then mm -hmm. Thursday is a nice just like, hey, what do I care about this week? And then I'll throw <laughs> it in there. Um, I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's It's been a good um, it's been good to keep my patch because I've always loved writing. So even if I'm not doing it full time now, it's I, I really like doing hoopla for, for, from here on out. That's awesome. That's great. And I, I think you can read that. And I think that's why it draws people and to read it, you know, especially the Big Ten basketball part of it, because uh, you you come from a place you you know it, you know the players. It's it's not forced. It, it comes across as you know casual, being able to talk to somebody about it. And so that yeah, it's it's great. If you haven't checked it out, folks, um, I would recommend you do that. But I want to talk about why you're here, and that's of course the Buckeyes this season. Um, what did you expect from this team? This is a two part question. What did you expect from this team? coming into the season. So even though they obviously just won the big 10 regular season last year, they made the sweet 16. Uh, they had a really good year. I thought they would be good again, especially when Taylor Mike said she'd come back. But I thought that teams like Iowa and Indiana would pass them up. I think I had them third or fourth. They're kind of, I had them in like a Maryland tier, I think coming mm. into the, into the year, just below Iowa and Indiana, but still very good. Um, and clearly, <laughs> I may have underestimated them, um, even and even because I thought they would have J.C. Sheldon. I thought they'd have Madison Green. And despite that, uh, they have been even better than I would have thought, even at full strength. It's been really, really impressive to watch how this and how they're doing so well. It's always been, it's been really fun, too, now because of they, they win in a very odd way. and <laughs> they, they do it every <laughs> single time. Um, but yeah, this team has been a blast and I didn't expect them to be this good. Certainly. Yeah. Cause last year they had the, what felt like an anomaly against Maryland where they beat Maryland at home in, in January. And then until they played LSU, they really hadn't done well against ranked teams. They really yeah. they didn't have a great, um, non-conference last year was pretty light. Their only big non-conference team was Syracuse and they lost to them and they were a team right. that was so it, it, I was shocked at the beginning of the season. I think beating Tennessee, you beat the number five the number yeah. in the country. It's kind of a, a tone setter, like you said. But then excuses come in like, well, now Tennessee's not even ranked. So what? how good of a team did you beat? And then the same thing with Louisville. You beat the 16th team. 
they're not ranked. Okay, how good is Louisville? But then you see them continue to beat the Oregons of the world. The USF team is not a they're not a slouch just because they're not no. in the power five. They're a good team. And that was the closest game of the season was that game against USF. But like you said, they just find crazy, crazy ways to win. I'm always proven wrong because I think I was in the same place you were at the beginning of the, the, the season this year. Winning the conference title last year, I thought that was – they had a lot of help. Um, you don't expect sure. like a Michigan with Nas Hillman as a – you know, about to graduate – to slip up late in the season like they did. Indiana, I still think when they're healthy, they're the best team in the Big Ten. I, I don't I, – I still think that even the last year they showed, no, they can slip up too and they can mm-hmm. also lose. Um, so now looking ahead, kind of this whole year has been a surprise. But now looking at the whole season they've had, 17 games into it, what is the ceiling for you? for this team. I'm interested to hear what you think. I do. And this is, I'm going to cop out immediately before I answer fully, but (laughs) I do think it does depend on if JC Sheldon can come back and if she will be a hundred percent when she comes back. Um, Because I think she would be, she's an arguably the best player on the team with Taylor Mike sell. You you can make that argument, but um, she just brings such a tenacity and energy to a team like this. And that's already so annoying on defense. Like JC Sheldon is the most annoying on defense of a team full of pests. Um, So if she can come back and be herself, I think the ceiling is like, I think it's where they're ranked right now. It's like third and you can compete with the Stanford. And I mean, look, South Carolina is such a, such their own beast. I'm not entirely sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But I do think like Stanford almost just lost a cow. I watched some of that. And like, they're not invincible. I don't think, <laughs> I think, I think to even put, but even the fact that we're putting Ohio state or in my head, I'm putting Ohio state at that level, I think says something to like what this team has proven. I think that the final four is possible. It's certainly a possibility based on how this team plays, even when they're not at full strength. Yeah. I, funny enough, you say that today, I, I started the initial conversations with my wife saying, they might make it to Dallas this year. What do you think about me going to Dallas? So I have a lot of time to work through that. Um, yeah, I, I, I can, I can see that. I, I don't think anything at this point could surprise me because, yeah. like you mentioned, they had that game against Illinois. We're going to talk about that uh, a lot here in just a moment. They've come back from a lot of points down this season. They've had a lot of big comebacks, and now they're doing it without, like you said, J.C. Sheldon, who's Coming, it seems like she's going to be back. I would say within a few weeks. I, I would be shocked if she doesn't get like some minutes by the end of January. But that's a total. I, I can't read the mind of Coach McGuff. I'm only looking to see. Okay, is she on crutches this week. Okay, is she now? She's on one crutch. <laughs> now she's on no crutches. Um, so I guess time will tell. What players have kind of surprised you then on the team? I follow your. I love rankings, and you rank the top forty players in the Big Ten. And I saw Taylor Theory jump from unranked to 11. Cody McMahon's in the top 40. Um, Who surprised you this season on Ohio State? That was Taylor Theory is definitely the first one that came to mind when you said a surprise. I thought she showed a lot of good flashes last year, especially late in the season. Seemed like she was developing into a very solid player. And then for her to like take that and become like a 70% shooter 
and be this really, really good defender and be this really all around solid player on both sides of the floor for Ohio state. I think she has been huge in, in them being able to be 17 and 0 right now. Obviously Taylor Mikesell is doing what she did last year. She's very, very good. And she's doing it with even more pressure because she doesn't have JC Sheldon to like take any of the weight, weight away from like on the perimeter, especially, but Taylor theory, mm-hmm. how efficient she's been and how just like, it seems she plays like a vet and she's only a sophomore and I'm, I'm very impressed with her. And then, yeah, Cody McMahon, I thought was going to be good. Eventually. I did not think she would be this, like this good already. She has some of the freshman like jitters with turnovers. Occasionally takes a bad shot, but the energy she brings and the way she like gets to the, gets to the hoop is, is really, really impressive. She is, she has blown me away as well. Those are the two that definitely stand out. I think like, Someone like Emma Shoemate, I like in, in limited time. Rebecca Mikulasikova has gotten better than I expected her to be, but I think it's I think it's Taylor Theory and, and Cody McMahon are the two biggest reasons. Uh, Taylor Theory last year, yeah, she started getting you know end of quarter minutes, you know end of the half minutes type in the non conference schedule. But once the calendar flipped to twenty twenty two, it seemed like she was coming in you know, after Tanea Beecham, she was the second one off the bench. She was coming in early into games. And this year though, the scoring, like you said, uh, she's really kind of exploded into the conference. And I, I feel like she's a double, double machine just waiting to happen. She's getting so close every game. And also we've talked about this. Um, we mean it like myself and the media folks and also the communications manager for Ohio state. We all think Taylor theory could also dunk. We all think she could. We seeing her in the game. Some of the layups she does. She for folks who haven't watched them yet, first you should. uh, She's a six foot tall uh, sophomore. Her mom played college volleyball. Her dad was in the NFL. Kevin McGuff. Every time we've asked about Taylor Theory, he usually brings up that she can do anything. That uh, she can probably do more than anybody else in terms of athleticism in the gym. And some of the break, like the fast breaks this year with Taylor at the end of it, getting layups at the end, she can jump high enough to dunk it. She could. And I, I, I'm not somebody who's like, you need to dunk to make the game better. I (laughs) love watching it. It's just, it would be insane to see somebody at the college level to do it. But also uh, I think part of the reason why it's been slower last year, she took half the season because she is a much quieter reserved person she's somebody who would we all agree that she would never dunk in front of people though she would never do it in a game (laughs) because she does not like that sort of attention I think if she had like half of the confidence of Cody McMahon she would be going for it but yeah that's those are two I mean those are two great picks it's Uh, funny how different like you said those two are like they're both very very good and then Cody is so energetic and passionate and a Taylor theory is very it's very it becomes a very composed and stoic like it's very impressive for a sophomore it's it's funny to watch those two and how they and how they play yeah there's definitely like a yin and yang type of yeah. uh thing and Cody also gives and you'll appreciate this somebody who used to cover the team she gives amazing quotes <laughs> she does really, love that she says whatever she's thinking uh, she does <laughs> throw in some of that you know media type training I don't know how much training they do behind the scenes but I'm trying to get the nickname Quotey McMahon uh, coined <laughs> with some folks within the media so if you want to start using it um feel free but she uh, talking to her is great she's always like use that energy she brings it off the court too and um it's been it's been pretty exciting now speaking of exciting 
a Sunday, I would say Ohio State played their toughest conference opponent so far this season. The Michigan game was was good, and Michigan is tough. They've kind of slipped up since losing to Ohio State. But Illinois, you could make arguments, like I mentioned earlier, about Tennessee and Louisville. They were both on kind of downward trajectories when Ohio State beat them. Illinois is on the exact opposite. <laughs> they should not have been unranked when they came to Columbus. They've beaten Iowa. Um, they've kind of exploded this year. You called it the Wyatt Bowl or the Hoopla Bowl, depending on if you're on Twitter or just reading the newsletter. It kind of felt like the 2017 Super Bowl between the Atlanta Falcons and the (laughs) England Patriots because Ohio State was down 17 in the third quarter with about just under seven minutes left in the quarter. And then they come back. What do you How would you describe kind of what you saw next um, in that middle of the third quarter? It was, it just looked so easy for them to just be like, Oh, let's just, let's just win now. It was so odd because at that 17 point lead, I think they took a timeout at that point. And I was like, okay, like Illinois is not missing from three. Their offense is firing. They're, they're avoiding the press defense very well. Like, I don't know what Ohio state can do. And then they just score turnover, score, stop score. Like it, it was just nothing. It felt, it felt like just they, had, they there was no worry in them at all. It took under five minutes to cut a 17 point gap against a very, very good team. And then it, uh, after that, like in my heart, I was like, I want Illinois to stay in this, but I kind of knew that at that point that Ohio state was probably going to win. And then that's, that's kind of how it played out. Like Illinois kept it close, but Ohio state was always up uh, just, just insane. It's just insane how easy it looked. It, they just kind of debilitate teams. Yeah, <laughs> these teams go up. <laughs> Illinois goes up, and like you said, they're they were doing great. I think Genesis Bryant had I think fifteen points in the first quarter or something they like that. They couldn't stop Kendall Bostic, which you had mentioned Kendall, before the game. I know. I, I knew that they started the year really well against uh, like Tamari Key, and they they played centers pretty well. But last couple of weeks, they've kind of looked like last season's defense against uh, players in the paint, but. I thought Kendall Bostic was going to do really well. She ends up with what? I think it's a 27 27 and 15. 15. Yeah. 27 and 15 in that first half. And I've watched every game. I've been to just about every game this year. And I thought this is the game. This is when they lose because they can't stop Bostic. Genesis Bryant. She's not just making shots, but the ball's not like, what's better than like a swish <laughs> what's, she her targeting was her, her accuracy was yeah just ridiculous and then um cook she was Makaya cook she was terrorizing ohio state in the second quarter going into the third quarter i had no idea that they would even come back and i'm again somebody who's written and watched all the games and i've seen them come back from stuff like this but the, it was just i i, I thought it i thought it was it was crazy. I, I don't know another word to describe it. I was kind of dumbfounded watching it. And I remember looking over at somebody who writes for the lantern now after, you know, saying stuff like, Oh, you know, this might be the loss. And I look back, I'm like, I don't know anything about basketball. So don't, <laughs> don't I'm sitting over here. I'm not playing. So obviously I don't know. Like you said, effortless, they made it look just like, yeah, we can. Okay. We want to play now. <laughs> we want to go. Uh, we want to play Quody. She said after the game, uh, they kind of go on the hunt at a certain point. <laughs> I love that. She said they went, they went on the hunt in the, in the second half 
And it showed, I mean, she had seven points on her own after mm-hmm. Illinois went up by seven. Then Taylor, I think she has 11 points in their 25 and eight run. It's, um, it kind of goes back to, you know, what were the expectations and what's the ceiling? I, I feel like I, if I keep doubting them, they'll just keep playing this well. So I'll just keep, I'll just keep doing that. <laughs> I'll just keep doing talking, it. I was talking to a uh, Braden Moles, who I think is there a BSB women's basketball writer. He's, I know Braden, he, yeah. The, and you mentioned the hunt thing that she said, because he said it's a whole team built around playing with their food, which is a <laughs> similar, <laughs> similar setup of, it's like they do something similar to this in a lot of games. I think Tennessee, they went on this huge run after it was very close for a while, and then they took over that game. Louisville, I think, was similar. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, South Florida, right at the very end, they found a way to do it. Uh, Minnesota, the very game, the game right before it, they were down, I think, eight or six going into the fourth, and then went on a, they did it again. They just they keep doing it. <laughs> no matter what the deficit, no matter what the opponent is, they, they just keep doing it. I, w- I really want to see them play – Indiana or Iowa or Maryland. Uh, but Illinois, I think, is like proven to be up there. Like I think they're they're very, very good teams. So I think this proved that it seems like they could do it against anybody. I think Minnesota and Illinois too, those are because uh, Illinois, none of their starters are, are seniors. They're yeah. all juniors, sophomores. I think Minnesota and Illinois could be those teams. Once you see like Mackenzie Holmes leave Indiana, once you see Grace right. Berger leave, you're you're gonna see them kind of raise up to that next level. That's what I think just from watching them. I, I didn't think the Minnesota score was too crazy. I think they were up 13 in the second quarter, but it was earlier in the second quarter. So they Definitely got not 17. Two. Yeah. No, no, not 17 and third. They, um, but they were just young and, and the fourth quarter, they look exhausted because you need, you have to be at a certain, I think conditioning level to play Ohio state for four quarters and maybe that's just their game plan to say, we're going to outrun everybody. Uh, like Braden said, you're going to play with the food a little bit. And after the game, though, it didn't seem like that was <laughs> the sure, sure. preferred method of winning. I don't think they want to go down 17 every game. But I, I, I think Taylor put it to, you know, it's better to get the lesson from a win than a loss, I guess, right, in that case. right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, so it's it's exciting. They still haven't played like a meat of their schedule. They still have one more game against Michigan, two against Maryland, two against Indiana, one against Iowa. Maryland, Iowa, and Indiana are playing, I think, within eight days. I don't have the schedule in front of me. Within seven or eight days, they're playing the three of those teams. They um, play Iowa and Indiana back-to-back at the end of this month. 
they end with Michigan and Maryland and oh, that's Indiana in an eleven game span. Ooh. So maybe that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I Iowa and Indiana three days apart. That's gonna be that's gonna be tough. I, I mean, if you if they come out of that undefeated. At you start point, to talk about it now. <laughs> right. At that, at that point, I'm like, okay, the ceiling's shattered. I don't know anything. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's a lot of fun coming up. The, the season is really, conference-wise, is just getting started. Uh, has there anybody else uh, outside of, like, Illinois who's surprised you this year within the Big Ten? As far as surprise, I thought Michigan might take a step back after Nas Hillman, and maybe maybe they're starting to regress a little bit. They played Iowa tough. They lost to Ohio State. Um, but I think Michigan has still been very, very good. Emily Kaiser has taken – I thought she would take a leap. I didn't think she would take this leap to be, like, yeah. a top 5, 10 player in the conference, at least, like, by the metrics and everything. She's been very, very good. Lila Felia has been really good for them. Leah Brown mm-hmm. is their point guard now, I guess, and it's working. <laughs> Um, so I, I really like them. Um, yeah, Illinois is the obvious one. Um, I thought they would be one of the worst teams in the conference this year, and they're one of the best. So yeah, uh, that's good. I think like I thought Minnesota was going to be fun because they're a team full of uh, freshmen. Like, and as you saw against Ohio State, they have played better this year than I thought they would. Um, I don't know if they'll make an NCAA tournament run or anything like that, but I think you're seeing more promise from them than you have in a while. Um, yeah. And then negatively speaking, I thought Nebraska would be playing better than this. Um, and they have disappointed me. I did not think that Rutgers loss is a hard, is a hard one to swallow. Uh, but I'm curious. I mean, I'll be curious about the Ohio state Nebraska game because Nebraska usually plays better at home and they're probably going to be a little more motivated after losing such a bad one. Uh, but they they are now a bubble team on the tournament when I didn't think they would be close to the bubble. I thought they'd be pretty secure. And they, they have a bad week earlier in the season and they played tough teams. They beat what uh, Creighton and Drake, uh, they yep. beat them. They lose to both of them, but then they, they beat, they beat Maryland. On then the they beat Maryland by, by like 20. 20. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I do love that. They have a, a 17 year old who graduated early and just finished the volleyball season. I love multi-sport athletes. So she's I think that's too. fantastic. She's yes, she is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she's only played five games or so. So maybe, yeah. you know, makes an impact because Ohio state that I've shared it with folks who watch them this season. They, they will sacrifice rebounds. They don't, it seemed like they, they care about rebounds, Ohio state, but they don't really care about rebounds. If they're turning <laughs> you over, if their press yeah. is working rebounds, don't really bother them that much. They have like, like a negative six or ne- might've been more now with Kendall Bostick's game on Sunday. Um, yeah. It, anyway, let's keep it out. You can include the Buckeyes if you want. I'm going to ask you finish off things with a list of some um, loosely based Golden Globe categories or, or right. you know, award categories. And they're all going to mean something for within the conference. They're all going to pretty much boil down to, you know, player of the year, freshman of the year, stuff like that. But I sure, added sure. some other ones in there just to see what your guesses are, predictions are for the rest of the year. So okay. I think the first one, uh, I'm going to do a kind of reverse order. We're going to give uh, best actor in a most motion picture. Caitlin Clark's going to win it. <laughs> but, but I want who is the player of the year? Who's the best player in the Big Ten this year? I do. I, I will say it is probably Caitlin Clark. She's still she's she's playing. She's playing better this year than she has um, in yeah. previous years. I think she is. Um, 
I know some people on Twitter, especially, really want to really want to criticize her game because she is slightly inefficient and she turns it over a lot. But she's turning it over less this year, and she's more efficient from three. Um, I thought I think that she, barring I don't know, I don't even know what she's going to win it. Um, I do think that at the moment Mackenzie Holmes has given her a little bit of a run, like like a, like very like far. But Mackenzie Holmes has been exceptional this year. Um, without Grace Berger, she was, she's averaging like 20 and 10, basically on like 68% shooting. Um, she's, she's insane. She's so good on defense too. Really, really, really good player. Um, so if not Caitlin Clark, it's, I would have to pick Mackenzie Holmes. Okay. And that was my second question. Best supporting actor. So who's the second best player of the year? Who's who put in a really good performance, but isn't going to win. Do you think that's Mackenzie Holmes? Yeah, and if you want to take supporting as a different way, as like a, as like a not a player doesn't get enough credit, um, I think McKenna Warnock on Iowa is one of the best players that no one really talks about. She like consistently shoots forty percent from three. She's a great defender. Um, she only averages like twelve or thirteen points a game because she has Caitlin Clark and Monica Zanano on the team. Uh, yeah. But she's she's doing exactly what she does every year again. <laughs> Just very efficient, very good defender, um, and scores when they need her to. I like that. I like that. All right. Next one. Uh, best actor in a television series for freshman of the year. Cause they're going to be a, you know, motion picture soon. What's the, what's the winner of this one? Freshman of the year. How many in a row have, has Cody won? Is it four? She won four until Jaylene from Rutgers took it from her this week. So okay, she did yes. win four in a row. I do think that Mara Braun is at least in the running still. For Minnesota, she's I think she's a great player. Uh, but as it seems like Cody's just getting better and better and is on an undefeated team and like is a major role on an undefeated team. So I think I would have to go Cody at one, but Mara Braun is is close, close behind. She's been fantastic, Myron. It, it's been fun watching her. Uh she had some big moments against Ohio State. I would say it's kind of a it was kind of level between the two of them. I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be like a big freshman versus freshman matchup, but um, I think both of them kind of felt the, the pressure of the moment uh, knowing, you know, that matchup they're going into, but eh, I wouldn't be shocked either way. I think if Cody continues how she's playing now, I think it would be hard not to give it to her. Yeah. Um, but like you mentioned earlier, she's, she's a freshman. She has learned really quick, but is there, you know, any kind of bump in the road later on in the season, especially as you play Indiana's and Iowa and stuff like that. So yeah, it's interesting. All right. This is a completely made up category. They do not give this away in the award shows. Um, (laughs) Best actor in a foreign language film. So best transfer into the big 10 this season. We're not playing with the big 10 came into the big 10 this year. I think that's, I think it's one of the Illinois players. I'm just debating which one. <laughs> There's so Ty many Ma- choices. Ty Makaira Cook, I think. She's from Dayton, right? Am I remembering that yeah. correctly? Um, yeah. I, I thought it, Genesis Bryant is probably the other one I would be close with. And Sydney Parrish in Indiana is also very good. Um, yeah. I think I would have to go Makaira Cook slightly. Um, I thought she would be a good player for this Illinois team. I didn't think she would elevate going from the A-10 to the Big Ten as if, like, that's an easy jump. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, she is she's terrific. Like Genesis Bryant's a great scorer, but I think Makaira Cook is just so good at everything. And yeah, um, I think she is the all around like the best player on that Illinois team. I would say it's close though. And I don't know if they showed this on TV 
but in the game, Shauna Green in Illinois, that was the most hyped I've seen a team. Really? During that game. Like how excited they were jumping every shot. They're, they're sitting down. And then every shot that's made, they're leaping off of their chairs. Every shot seems like a game winner. They're going crazy all the time. They, the energy that team has, you can see why they're playing so well. Green came in and she brought in a couple of Dayton players, a couple of starters, but to build that chemistry so quickly when you only had five returning players last year is just, uh, it's just ridiculous. I, I think I'm so, true. I'm so impressed that she's both the transfers are playing better than they ever have. The returnees are playing better than they were last year. Like, I don't know. She is, she is very impressive. I've never, like from the couple years I've really followed the big 10, I've never seen anything like this as far as a turnaround. So best director, best coach, <laughs> would you put Shauna Green as your best coach, coach of the year? I think, he, I think you have to. Like, I know Kevin McGuff, would, in a normal year, I think be number one. But this is such an unprecedented thing. Illinois mm-hmm. won seven games last year. They were, they were bad. And they've been bad for a long time. Uh, and 22 Shana, years since they were ranked last? 22 years? Yeah. yeah. And Shauna Green does it in one season. Like, I, I, it has to be her, I think. Unless they fall... Uh, apart in the back half of the year, which um, after watching that Ohio State game, I'm not anticipating. Uh, I think it has to go to her. I want to watch their next game to see yes. how angry they are in their next game. <laughs> I think that'll be – yeah, that's a good I'll question. take a look. Yeah, because uh, that'll be really entertaining. To see ah, they Min- Minnesota. <laughs> oh, poor freshman. <laughs> poor freshman. We'll see what happens. Uh, with that one Illinois too they were second in the conference I know it's early to talk about the standings you still have a few you know weeks left of that but I think Illinois is getting a lot of attention now too beating Iowa um, I asked coach McGuff this was before they went to San Diego I was like which Big Ten team is surprising you the most or which Big Ten team you know are you seeing as one of the front runners this year and he actually mentioned Illinois He's he that was the team he picked over Indiana, over Iowa, over Maryland. He saw Illinois scores, especially. And he's like, they that's impressive. That's crazy. The amount of offense they're putting in this year. Um, so yeah, it's hard not to give it to, to Green in her first uh first season. Um, all right, let's do best television series. So we're gonna do regular season champion over the long run. Who's gonna win the regular season championship? That is a tough question. I think, I think so far I would still pick Ohio State, but I think it could come down to the two Indiana matchups, like to decide it. I think I, I was only lost one conference game, right? Um, I think. Yeah, they beat. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was still very much in it. Like they have a couple of non-conference losses. Maryland is still in it. It's going to be, I think it's going to be like last year where it's going to come down to that final weekend. Um, I think I would lean Ohio state because I've been so impressed with them and how they seem to come back from adversity every single game. Um, but watching Indiana uh, absolutely decimate Northwestern with Grace Berger has me almost wanting to pick them. Um, but there's like four, I think, Ohio State, Iowa, Indiana, and Maryland are the most likely. Michigan, Illinois are like dark horses, but I could really see any of those four doing it at this point. They're all so good. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to choose from from that group. Definitely not easy. Um, all right, let's do uh, best mini series, big tournament title. Who wins the Big Ten tournament? That one, I'm gonna go Indiana. I'm gonna go with the experience of that group. 
and I think they might they might come in with a little more firepower um, and, and win it. I I think again it's it could be Iowa again. They're they're the same. They're pretty much the same team from last year. But I I just feel like Indiana has they've leveled up a bit from last year. I think that they're those those transfers in. Um, they're the, that freshman who plays Garcon is is really really good. I didn't expect her to be such an impact player. Um, I would I would pick Indiana not at all confidently, but that would that would be who I go with. The Big Ten schedule makers did uh, their research this year because they do put Indiana and Iowa playing each other on the last uh, <laughs> on their last game of the season and Ohio State versus Maryland. So they kind of had an idea who they thought the top four. Iowa teams. also plays Maryland and then Indiana is their final two games. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that'll be. Um, and Iowa's been, you know, because they, they were on the other end of that Nebraska <laughs> beating. And you know they they beat they lost to South Carolina, but that was without Diamond Miller. That when Diamond Miller's not playing, they're they're Rutgers pretty much. Um, when she's <laughs> yeah. playing, she's like I think she's number two in the WNBA draft. But I'm probably uh, in the minority there compared to the Haley Jones crowd over in Stanford. All right, last question. Um, this is then best picture drama NCAA championship. Who do you think wins it? You don't want to pick South Carolina. <laughs> well, but they it, put four players on Aaliyah Boston. It seems to work. The games are closer yeah, this year. That's true. Aaliyah Boston stats are just because they have like 13 players deep and they don't like, they don't need her a lot of the games. I I've given, I've gotten some hope that it'll be not South Carolina or Stanford from last weekend. Um, I do. I think I might pick Stanford of the two. I, I like that. I know they just, they lost to South Carolina. But it was a very close game. Um, I really like Cameron Brink. I think that team is so well-rounded. Um, I'm hoping for a Big Ten team in the Final Four. That's all I want. I want. I want a Big Ten team in the Final Four. I think it's. I think this is the year. If it's going to happen, there are so many candidates for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm also hoping for eight Big Ten teams in the tournament. That's that's. Well, there's oh, wow. a lot on the bubble right now. Um, who are, the, the last... uh, do you put Nebraska? Who who's the eighth team? Um, so ESPN puts one out. I think every week. This past week. Nebraska was in the last four in Purdue was in the first four out and Michigan state was in the next four out. So Purdue and Michigan state would be like the eight slash nine at the moment. If one of them could, could get, could get hot down the stretch. And then, then, and then after that Penn state beats Purdue. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. I kind of thought Penn state was going to be a surprise, not maybe to the level last year, Ohio state surprised people and they won the con, you know, they won the conference in the regular season. I kind of thought Penn state was going to be a team that I, I'm biased because I went to Penn state, but I thought they were going to be a better team this year. Cause Mar- McKenna Marisa, she didn't leave. There had been a reason that she didn't, you know, want to go somewhere where she has a chance to compete. Cause they've been pretty good. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them if they beat Purdue, if they play other teams in that same bubble area, Maybe they jump up. I don't know, but it's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, Penn State's been—they're not bad this year. No, they're just like no. they're not—they're not reaching that. They're not great. They, you can't yeah. lose to Drexel, probably. <laughs> but then they come back uh, seventeen or some odd points down against Syracuse, and they yeah. have a huge game. So I—I I mean, the the conference can decide a lot of things. So we'll see. I guess what happens there. But sitting two and three, but also same as Purdue and Michigan State, and Nebraska in conference. So it's it's. Seems like a toss-up um, for everybody except for maybe like the bottom three. But Rutgers yeah. beat Nebraska. What do we know? I know um, Wisconsin <laughs> won last week. Yeah, that's yeah. They beat. Yep. Oh wow, that was also crazy. Um, why that? 
thanks so much for for hanging out and talking Buckeyes, Big Ten basketball, everything else in between. What um, where can folks find you again? Your website, Twitter, all that great stuff. Yeah, um, I everyone is welcome at, at the Hoopla newsletter. Uh, it's a free free Substack subscription. Uh, Hoopla newsletter substack.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Hoopla Wyatt, always yelling about uh, different Big Ten <laughs> things, among other things. Uh, you'll see a lot of Rob Lowe in a Big Ten women's basketball hat there. Uh, With those the red the eyes, too. I like yeah. the red eyes, too. I also <laughs> like the, lot of, I, Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I've gotten a lot of use out of it this year because it's been mayhem. <laughs> it has been crazy. Where, where'd you get the McGuff picture of him just like with the towel around his neck? Because that is I got a fantastic. I think um, my former uh, BSB uh, coworker, Patrick Mayhorn, sent me that once. I don't know if it was in a video or something, but I love that image. It's so good. I don't know where he got it. Well, the, he has, I think, six kids. Yeah. Kevin has six kids, and then he's also coaching a basketball team. Like, whenever I asked him also about a team that he watches, he's like, he has not been able to watch any other teams except for the one he prepares for because he's got six kids. Um, the, the dude's tired, so uh, more power <laughs> to him for that. That makes the 17, you know, I, I think even more impressive. Whenever By the way, shout out, uh, shout out Wes Brooks on the coaching staff who likes all my pictures of sweaty Kevin McGuff. <laughs> I need, I'm trying to, trying as in mentally, I've never actually taken the step. I think next step, so I'm going to try to get him. Uh, He's great. He's a great quote. He's a great quote. Okay. That's, that's the next goal of this here, this here podcast on Land Grant Holy Land. Why? Thanks again for, for hanging out and look forward to chatting more as the big 10 kind of heats up. And then as we go into the tournament and the NCAA tournament, there's so much basketball left. It's insane. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks.